Hello, and thank you for yet another episode of the Supreme Bohemians Podcast, Episode 7, where we embody a supreme energy while maintaining a bohemian lifestyle. My name is Mallory. And I'm Tayesian. Guys, it's been great um, to see your responses from the last episode. We actually oh, yes. had the most views. This is our highest amount of views. We got, well, I think it was 74 views. And okay. um, that was like, so listen, that was amazing. That's a milestone for us. And we want to keep getting those type of numbers, not for the number's sake, but just to the, to reach the people. So please, when you listen to it, share and share on whatever yes. uh, platforms you're comfortable with. You can share that. You can share the podcast on any of those. Also, um, you, we want to get to a hundred, at least a hundred listeners, the next episode or the next mm-hmm. episode. So let's, let's just let's share the grow. well, this mm-hmm. is not necessarily for our gain, but it's just to get this information that we feel like we are providing out to the public, out to more people and spread the word. So, Please do that for us if you are a listener and you appreciate what we do and you, and you believe in what we do and say. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen. We don't take that for granted at all. Right. Okay, so on to our question. Um, what is one thing you'll never give up on? For me, I feel like one thing I'll never give give up on is pursuing my purpose or or kind of discovering what that is mm-hmm. I feel like the way we view purpose is very uh linear like oh mm-hmm. you you at the age of uh 18 you're supposed to automatically know your purpose because that's the age where you're an adult and you go to college or you choose something else oftentimes that is not the case with many people so it's a lot of people are figuring out their purpose as they experience life so that's been the path for me. Um, I feel like pursuing my purpose and, and actually establishing what that is is the most important thing for me because if you have purpose, it doesn't it doesn't matter the hard um, the hard labor you have to put in the the nose. It, it all that matters is that you're pursuing what makes you feel alive and meaningful. So that's what I feel. Um, I'll never stop going after um one thing I'll never give up on is my my fitness journey yeah I feel like my weight is and I've learned that you know even if you lose weight it's never it's something you have to constantly work at and as long as you're here on earth, you're not going to be the same exact size all of your life. For me, my weight fluctuates. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. But I'm not going to give up towards having, you know, a more healthier lifestyle. Sometimes I like to go completely off of the schedule <laughs> and eat whatever I want because I love food. And I'll never stop loving food. And I'll always love unhealthy food. <laughs> but... I do want to look at more recipes where I'm eating clean. I do want to get back to working out more. And I also want to get back to working out and having fun with it, mm-hmm. whether it's a dance class like I used to do, or whether it's like hot yoga or it's running in a park. 
um, or is going on a hike or is going swimming in the the lake or something. I need to find things that I really will enjoy, but it's also healthy at the same time. Like I know for one, I used, I loved going downtown Orlando and riding the bikes. I love that. That's something I really enjoyed doing. So, but I didn't do it enough. I think I only did it like twice. <laughs> so, yeah. I want to find more things that is fun, but I can also lose weight and get my calories in and continue on my journey. Awesome. Because I have goals. I have more goals. That's really good. So let's get into our WWBD. Uh, we have two tweets for you this week. Um, yes. The first one I'm going to read off. This is from at underscore Brit underscore L. So underscore B-R-I-T-T underscore E-L. So she says, stop hosting and attending these boss babe events focused on glorifying what they've made out of themselves after experiencing hardship. Resilience is not a business tool, a blueprint blueprint on a vendor selection, a workshop on developing efficient systems, pricing, taxes, and overhead. This tweet, um, I retweeted a couple, I think a week ago or so, and um, it really stuck out to me because I've been seeing a lot of like, and I'm just going to speak on the women because that's what she's talking about. I see a lot of women like just having these events and it's nothing wrong with having an event, but please be purposeful with people's time and not use it as a ego stroking thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people just be having these events just to make themselves feel good about themselves. And they're mm-hmm. not giving the women that come there some valuable, actual concrete tools that they can use to successfully run their business. Nobody became a fucking boss just by, just by, okay, not quitting. Okay. How do you not quit? How am I going <laughs> to put something in place? Right. That makes sense so I can continue this business if I'm fucking feeling like um like I'm drowning in the lack of knowledge of this paperwork, the lack of knowledge of the industry and so mm-hmm. many different other factors. So I felt like I really like this because a lo- a bitch is quick to put, ooh, women's brunch on something, but what are you really discussing? What are you how are you being impactful? And or how women people- empowerment. Yeah. Um, it's like don't be media about nothing. Yeah, don't be mediocre. Put some effort in. Actually, give somebody some teachable tools that they can go home and apply to their actual business or life. I completely agree. Because sometimes when you ask it, you you hear a lot of the a lot of the the simple answers of "Oh, it was easy. I just did this." Like, no, it wasn't easy. Like, what? Where did you where did you go wrong? Where did you go right? Have real transparent conversations if you're going to have these empowerment events cuz women especially a lot of times when it comes to these events, they're spending money yeah. to be nourished and fed with knowledge and information. So don't bullshit it with some oh believe in yourself or oh there's hope or you know, have a speaker talking about motivation. No, I want to leave with some tools. I want to leave with some knowledge. That's why I haven't been to a women's empowerment event since college. It's been a mighty long time. Feel you. I feel you on that. Like people need, people need real stuff to carry Mm -hmm. back to their home. And just sometimes you need confidence and motivation comes from real 
experiences, things that you feel like, like, for example, confidence. I was listening to Amanda Sills today and she was like, confidence comes from things that you know to be true. They're facts. They can be about your self-esteem or whatever, about who you are as a person. So oftentimes we lose confidence in ourselves, and we, and that's when we quit or we lack motivation because things aren't easy. So how can I, how can you create an event that gives me more than a gift bag and more <laughs> than just your products, um, products with your, your logos on it? How can you give me tools that are going to help me in, instead of just inspire or give motivation, mm-hmm. show me how to, figure out and obtain my own motivation. What are some real tools? Process. Yes, through process. Real tools. Some real tools. So I really I really love that tweet because I, I just need people, if you're going to do something, stop being mediocre and stop um, trying to stroke your ego. No, I mm. love that especially. Shout out to her. Yes. So mine is from uh, Jehovah Thickness on Tumblr. Yes. And she said that <laughs> Yo, Tay loves that name. But um, Jehovah Thickness is a goddess. And she said on this um, Tumblr post, praying that my future man is agnostic or spiritual because I'm not blessing the food or going to church. I respect all religions, but I want no parts. I think it's very important to date those who share the same views on religion as you. I 1000% agree with that. In fact, I just had a conversation like that. I'd probably say like sometime last week. Um, I feel like it, I used to entertain the idea of dating someone of that's religious or of a different religious background. And I can honestly say that I feel like we will eventually bump heads because Mm -hmm. I feel how I feel passionately and they could potentially feel how they feel passionately about their religion or that they are religious and I'm not. So I prefer to be on the safe side. And I really, when it comes to that, I really want to be with, I really am with someone who seems who shares the same views on that as I do because it for me is it's the only way it's going to work because yeah. previously I've dealt with oh okay well I respect that that works and then we go later on into the relationship and it's like you're trying to convert me like yeah. oh you know well I could change your mind or you know try this or try that or did you ever like respect people's opinions <laughs> Respect them for what it is and uh, both, you know, don't have, you don't have to compromise that if that's something that it's not even compromise. That's, that's not a in a way that's a form, that's a form of reducing mm. for you because you already uh, kind of agreed that that's not something you rocking with right? to make right, someone else right. feel happy. Right. So that's not even compromise. Some people say compromise or use the term compromise wrong. I just did right there, but yeah, I I a thousand percent agree with Jehovah Thickness. What about you, Tay? <laughs> I agree with it definitely. And um, in addition to what you said, I feel that religion informs religion or spirituality informs all of your decisions. It's mm-hmm. your moral compass. It's your belief system. So, however you approach certain things is based on that belief. Well, all things is based on that belief system. 
So, for example, if you if we're married and I'm more spiritual and you're maybe religious, um, it could be Islamic, Christian, whatever. Um, a lot of a lot of these religions have specific ways that they view a woman as. And if with you following your religion, I'll have to possibly succumb to some of those ideas. And for me, that's just not a, it's not acceptable. So it's like it's not just a it's not just a thing you like. Like, oh, I prefer the color yellow. Oh, I prefer to be a spiritual. I prefer to be a Christian. No. Lifestyle. It's not. It's a lifestyle. So it seeps into everything that you do. So it's just too much to be like, like, I'm not going to completely rule out another religion because I do feel like there is room and there's beauty and differences. But I do feel like whatever religion it is, the person has to be super open-minded. And I do I do think those types of people that exist because I've met them. Um but I think they have to be very open-minded um, mm-hmm. in order for us to have a, a, a successful union. Yeah. Yeah. And then also um, considering the idea that this is someone that you like, you'll date, you could potentially be in a relationship mm-hmm. and marry. So there are certain conversations that need to be had, you know, if you definitely choose to go down that route. Absolutely. And that is perfect segue into what we're about to talk about right now that's perfect yes (laughs) it is it is so for the your inner supreme uh um segment i I don't know why i'm messing up with words today (laughs) um today we'll be speaking on the modern concepts of marriage so we'll be doing uh traditional versus modern and i broke it down into three sections so I'm going to speak on a section and then I'll have an ending question and then we'll just have dialogue like that. So the first thing um, when it comes to marriage from modern versus traditional aspect is planning. Uh, the second are the gender roles within the household when it once you're married. And then, of course, we have to discuss the possibility of divorce and a couple questions that um are behind that. Mm-hmm. So, first things first with the planning from what I've been reading and and researching is definitely been a shift with no question. Um traditionally the bride family covers majority of expenses within the wedding. Um they take care of ceremony costs, reception costs, such as music, guest favors, any type of rentals. Um, Another standout for me that I didn't know was traditional was the two engagement parties. So the bride's family is having an engagement party, um, and then the groom's family is having a separate engagement party which I didn't even know that that was a thing. white people's other people's shit, (laughs) because that ain't a... <laughs> nah, that ain't us at all. But that is quote unquote tradition. Mm-hmm. And um also the bride is responsible for purchasing the wedding band for the groom, which I did not know that that was a thing at all until my one of my best friends, Kendra, actually told me that last week. And then when I researched it, I found out that was actually a fact. So wow. Um Damn. and then the groom, now, when it comes to the groom's family responsibilities, um, 
they are responsible for paying the marriage license and efficient fees. So efficient fees um, with the clergy, justice of peace, and a friend of the or a friend of a relative that is basically um, doing the the marriage, mm. I guess, confirming the marriage or officiating the marriage, okay. so to speak. So, um, now that we kind of know that that's some of the traditional, some of the many traditional things when it comes to wedding planning, um, how do you think that ties in as far as modern? Because I, I, from the modern perspective, I see a lot of people first getting engaged, which that is great. But when it comes to the wedding, um, I see kind of the the couple that is getting married, getting together and kind of figuring out how they're going to divvy up costs instead mm-hmm. of the traditional ways. Because I don't, I'm trying to think, do I know a, a bride's family that, you know, paid for every single thing? And I've been going, I've been a part of weddings since I was 19 and I haven't, I haven't witnessed that. It's always the couple trying to work things mm-hmm. out on how they're going to do the wedding. I haven't witnessed it, you, but you haven't have even more experience than me with the wedding, so I haven't. Well, I don't necessarily. I don't. I've never really asked or talked to people about how they do their money because I think that's a sensitive mm-hmm. topic. I don't know for people, yeah. so um, I wouldn't know. But I that don't sound right as far as our communities. <laughs> that Heck just no. sounds, that's definitely like I know without necessarily having to ask them that we're not doing that. It's just like you get together, you figure that shit out together and people help and pay, you know, a lot of these things that were established in a different time, we found it for different reasons yes. and were by different people and with, with affluence, with money, with wealth, mm-hmm. because you two families wed traditionally to keep wealth within the both both of those families. That was the whole purpose of marriage. It wasn't because, oh, I love you and all mm-hmm. of these types of things. But now we have It was a business transaction. It was definitely a business. And they everyone wanted to keep their specific social status and economic status. But now we have a more westernized view of love where it's I marry you because or so or marriage where is where it is I marry you because I love you and not necessarily for financial purposes. So now we have a yeah. difference and the way that we approach things because it's more of a union instead of just a union of finances and status. So I don't think those, those traditions only apply to the people that they were created for because yeah. our concept and of economic marriage, status as well. A lot of people, exactly. a lot of families can't just pay for a whole wedding just because they have a daughter. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's absurd. <laughs> In, in my is. opinion, those those traditional things are stupid, and that's just my opinion. I really feel mm-hmm. like, I, and we don't even get into uh, my idea of weddings, marriage. I, I fucking think that shit is dumb. As far as all of this money that you got to pay for these things, it's just. But let me know when I can get into that. Yeah, my ideas of that because um. Well, that was actually the next question. Okay. Um, what is your concept? <laughs> What is your concept of um, a wedding? Like, what do you view as an ideal wedding for you if you were to get married? I'm what glad would be the added, concept? Um, yeah, got disclaimer got on there. <laughs> we millennials. We got to. We got to. We got choice. But yeah, yes, we do. We absolutely do. So, what would be your your concept, or what is your ideal concept of a wedding if you were to get married? 
So marriage for me, never really dreamed about it in those ways. I always knew one thing was for sure I was going to wear a yellow dress because that's my favorite color. Everything okay. else wasn't interested in. Um, so my idea of marriage is rooted in that because I've never dreamed of these types of things, number one. Number two, I feel that for me, if I'm marrying somebody, it's really not for anybody else to witness. It, I don't really care about other people being there um, initial for the ceremony. That's not, I don't feel like I should spend all of this money for people to see us get married. It's a, I feel like it's a dated concept and it doesn't align to my ideals. Marriage for me or union is very sacred and it's a spiritual thing. So I would like to have a spiritual ceremony. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying like we have to do certain like it's not like super heebie-jeebie <laughs> things. Like don't I'm not saying that, but it's between me and my husband and the people who have to officiate us and maybe one witness for him and one witness for me. That's it. That's about one, two, three, four, five people. I don't need anyone else because my idea is that this is us, raw, pure. We're going into this without all of this pomp and circumstance attached mm -hmm. to it. Because we get blindsided by all of that pomp and circumstance and we focus so much on that and then we realize, okay, we're left with each other after this fucking wedding. Sure is. So that's number two. Number three, I envision myself, if I do want to include other people, it would be at a remote location at the towards the end of our honeymoon, that's when we can bring people in to celebrate us, but not necessarily for the ceremony. I just feel like it's an intimate, sacred thing, and I shouldn't be having to pay. I, don't, I shouldn't have to pay all of this money and, mm -hmm. and this create this glorious fucking facade or do... It don't even have to be a facade, because for some people, it's just a representation of their love. But... I don't feel for me that makes sense for me to spend all of this money to to have a union with someone. Um, okay. I just, I feel like maybe I'm being frugal about it or my my ideals are just different. So. No, it ain't frugal. Because <laughs> I think, okay, so for me, um, I also want, you know, small, intimate uh, wedding ceremony. I do want close friends and small amount emphasis on small amounts of family there mm -hmm. I want people who really um and this is for friends uh and this is for this is for um friends and family I want people who genuinely care about our union there so some hearts might be broken so, because I really want something really small. I don't want to spend so much money on a wedding. One thing, one of my biggest fears is to be a stressful bride. Mm. I never want to be a stressful bride. I want things to be as simple and beautiful, but beautiful at the same time. Because it's not really about, like you said, the glitz and glamour for me as well. Um, I really want something that signifies and represents our love and the union that is taking place that day. I want it to be a, a positive highlight of our lives and mm -hmm. not I'm stressed out. Oh, my hair and makeup. Oh, I got it. Like, don't even know. I'm going to look good. Yeah. I'm going to look good. But Regardless. I don't, I'm not paying for all these extra intricate things. I'm, I'm even questioning the whole concept of 
bridesmaid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think if I if I do have bridesmaids, which I'm sure I would, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm not. But if I did, it's gonna be a very like we're I'm not going overboard with none of this. Yeah. I'm not going I'm not going into debt for any of this. I'm not going into um a panic for any of this because I've just seen I've been to a lot of weddings and within these past almost 10 years and one thing that stuck out to me in some of these weddings is how unhappy the bride looked like this is supposed to be a special day about her and her husband and I you barely see the husband in some of these weddings you barely see the husband and wife interacting in the in the receptions and ceremony Mm. it's like who are we doing it for? Clearly the plaudits to people. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of, for me, you know, I want to really sit down with my partner and define what is an ideal wedding because I don't require much and I don't want much. So one thing I do want is the, the, uh, a honeymoon. Now, if we're going to put yeah, money on something, honeymoon. let's put money toward the honeymoon. Let's Let's go somewhere. Let's go somewhere we never been, you know. Um, and then sometimes I also entertain the idea of me and my significant other going to uh, like Mozambique and coming back married. I've entertained both. Honestly, I've, I've oh, mine is going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like, to oh, yeah, a jungle. On a trip, and then you come back married. I'm getting married in a jungle. <laughs> and then I'm going to invite friends at the leg of the trip. Because we're going to have an experience like to really consummate the marriage. Like mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be about us. Like We don't have to do much because this is really not about nobody else. So yeah, I just, I just think people have to like always with anything question is this something you really want or is it something that you've been told that you should are supposed to that do, you should have. have yep and if you are not like for some people they want it because they've seen it and they want that they desire that and that's great but for some people uh, with alternative alternative paths don't feel bad if your your ideas are different from others because I'm definitely that person. So I really, I mean, it's, a, it's your wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's about you. Another thing I want to do is I want to take my time. I don't, you know how people are like, you know, dang, they still engaged. I don't care about any of that. Like, no. I really want to get married when me and my partner see fit. Like, we could be fiancés for five years. Mm-hmm. We could be, as long as we want, to be honest, because it's really nobody else's business. It's about our timing. It's about when we are ready to get up and go and, you know, and we have enough funding for the small behind wedding Mm. and the the trip, um, which will probably cost more than the wedding, honestly. So um, I just care about, I care about those things, like. I think that is important. The the as far as like preparing and the readiness for yeah. the wedding, um, having it on your own time because so many people rush their weddings and some people rush the whole process. Honestly, yeah. But um, and it shows, and it's a it's a reflection of the of the marriage. Um, in some cases, and in some cases, it ends up not working out where you just feel like you were forced, or there's some type of resentment built. Mm-hmm. So I just want everything to happen at its right time. I'm I'm not rushing anything for real. And I want to talk about one more thing. 
when it sure. comes to families, like in a wedding, a lot of people in families, especially mothers, um, they use your wedding to live through vicariously through you. And mm-hmm. we have to be very diligent in not allowing that to happen. You see a lot of parents, specifically mothers, doing that to their children. And they're saying, like, they're putting stuff in their ear to make them feel that what they have is not as good. They're going mm. to dress fittings and making shit horrible, making the um the bride feel like cr- tra- cr- trash. If you're mm-hmm. that type of mom, literally just fucking stay home, you stupid bitch. For real. Like, stay home and leave, get, stay out of it because this is not your wedding. You need to focus on your own self and only be a support to the child and not try to make their shit about you. So if you have a nagging ass parent like that, um, well, I can't tell you what to do, but I know what I would do. And that's that <laughs> motherfucking communicate. You are either gonna have experience the wedding that I that I provide for me and my um me and my husband, or you're not gonna be there. It's Hello. just that and I don't care. It's just like, oh, I don't wanna disappoint my mom. It's your fucking wedding. No. If you're, anything, you're, she can disappoint you for her disappoint. Hello, you trying to disappoint not trying to disappoint her, but making yourself super unhappy. Nah, oh, that's stupid. Hell So nah. stop putting all this pressure on these brides, moms. Like, really chill the fuck out and realize it's not your fucking wedding. It, mm-hmm. Your time was your time. You probably could have another time if you weren't so batshit crazy. So relax. Girl, moms, <laughs> aunties, mm-hmm. um, you know, people that call themselves friends, but they really want to see what the wedding is about so they can gossip. Like, that's what I'm saying. I want it small and intimate. I'm going to be very choosy on of who is there when it comes to my people. Yeah, I'm not, but very, I, you know, I've heard choosy. that weddings really be bringing out, showing the true colors of people that you would have never seen, too. Because mm-hmm. it could be a close homegirl or, like, bestie that you think, yeah. like, it's for you, but probably getting jealous or something like that. And then you Hate see her true colors. And all these different types of things. It's so crazy how a wedding can show a person, show you how a person really feel about you that you've been with for the longest, family or friends. So I say all that to say it's not about them. If the relationship suffers, then it wasn't supposed to be, it wasn't meant to be. Focus on what you and your husband, or um, if you're a husband, you and your wife want and move the fuck forward and don't make your decisions for nobody else. Gotta make them for yourself. Absolutely right. So we're going to move on to the gen or to the um, traditional roles in weddings. So, um, or not in weddings, my bad, in the marriage household. So, okay, we're past married, honeymoon. Now, you know, the bride then picked up the groom across the threshold and they're living in the house together, right? Mm-hmm. So, traditionally speaking, um, women are holding part-time or full-time jobs um, until she has children. She stays at home to raise the children and do household responsibilities and make sure everything is maintained. And the traditional male um, is a provider of the family, helps provide guidance for the family, uh, make sure a family is secure financially. Modern, uh, in modern times, decisions are more so made together um of course every you know marriage is different Mm -hmm. so some some are more traditional than others but it really is as far as a millennial perspective what 
what what fits best for your home what fits best for you and your partner not going off of tradition mm-hmm. um all the time or the man should do this and a woman should do that um especially when it comes to financial costs a lot of the time from uh, what I was researching a lot of the time the housing costs are split or someone's responsible for one thing and the other person is responsible for the other because there's been such an economic shift within the past yeah that's a major 50 to 60 years yeah so um there are now don't get me wrong there are breadwinners still existing yes but in your everyday household um that's not always the case and we have to take that into consideration so our follow-up question with that is um what is your con first what is your concept of marriage after the wedding i just for me i think that um that with with the gender roles in mind, I feel that you have to know the person that you marry and and you have to continue the 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 journey of that relationship, so it's like you should not become a completely different person, but no. now that you're married, you do have a a certain commitment a level of commitment that is much stronger. So I feel that um, with gender roles, that is a case-by-case basis because um, I feel that we're in a great time right now where people are understanding that gender roles are very social constructy. Like they're not necessarily something that has to be in place for everybody. I feel like you and your partner pick your gender roles. And I do want to speak more to um, or not well yeah more to people who are not in heterosexual relationships homosexual relationships and all of the Mm. different spectrums like definitely with when it comes to gender roles that's something that they they have established it seems as to be because gender is a great part of everyone but even a more intense part of people who are from the lgbtqia especially because that's what they identify as and that's their difference that's you know it's the their norm so Mm -hmm. i feel that when it comes to your gender preference you really have to have those ideals established already you don't go into the marriage just not talking about gender norms or just not understanding what the person is what what this partner is going to bring to the table and what this partner is going to bring to the table these are conversations you already established so if you are if you are a person who wants to be more masculine, male or female, then you decide what those roles, what that entails. Masculine doesn't always mean just paying the bills. It's a lot of different, different things that masculine energy encompasses. So mm-hmm. define those shits for you. I can't define them for you. Define them for yourselves. And femininity. Femininity is not just staying home and taking care mm-hmm. of the kids and cleaning. Femininity is so many more things. And let's learn these... Di- Let's learn what these different... We can have a whole episode on masculinity and femininity. I think I want to do that. It's what I think that's a part of um, the list, girl. Yes. But define these things for you and don't just stick to what you think society said that masculinity and femininity, femininity is because there's power in both. So find a balance. I, I like to... Um, someone brought... I can't remember who it was. They brought forth this idea that, okay, so me and my partner... I know that my partner has certain strengths. I know that I have certain strengths. So where we have strengths, that's what we control or that's what we, um, you know, if I'm, if I have more strengths than this, then I'm going to kind of, you know, uh, govern this area. 
and vice versa but whatever they you know we kind of meet each other where we lack and I think that's yeah. so smart like if a per- one person is more financially savvy then they they don't take care of all the bills because then you divorced it and you don't got no money because they took <laughs> I got no money <laughs> they'll take care of all the bills but you know they kind of are at the forefront and they are the teacher and they are the leader of that they're the example so you be the example of that and other the other partner can should choose to learn from it instead of just sitting there and let you control it and that's my yeah. opinion so I just feel like those things are established way before you get engaged. <laughs> you know, these are conversations you have when you are going on dates, when you are um, uh, living with each other for the first time. And, yeah. You know, these are things you already know. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like um, pretty much as far as the modern concept of it is it's not a one-size-fit-all situation and you have to do you have to do what's best for you and your relationship like what works for your friend and her man or your friend and her girl it's not it's not going to be the same because y'all are literally probably with each other for different you know, reasons or like each other for different reasons are probably completely different people. Mm -hmm. So you can't always go because I see so much of, you know, the marriage goals, relationship goals. And it's like, I don't really hold value so much into that because that's great that that worked for them. But I can't say that that's a goal for me. If that's something that I don't even that I'm pretty confident is not going to work for me because I'm too, I'm pretty sure of myself when it comes to certain things, especially when it comes to the financial aspect of certain things. So I'm very financially responsible. So it it really, it really is what you said, Tay. You just have to sit with your significant other and have these conversations. So when you are married and you are living together and you are having a family, a lot of these things are going to already be defined. Now, of course, every single thing's not going to be defined because relationships grow, evolve. There's more assets. Things um, either reduce or increase. So, of course, you make your adjustments from there. But it's pretty much based on what works for you. And I just want mm-hmm. people to kind of sit with that because so many people always look back to the relationship of their grandparents or the relationship of their parents and you have to be aware of that that was a different time economically mentally emotionally you know aware was not even a common thing back then so it's nice Mm -hmm. to look at your parents in admiration or look at your grandparents in admiration but try not to mirror exactly what they did because it it's probably not going to work for you in the current times that was like 30 years ago so you really have to do the homework with you and your partner and figure out what is best for y'all absolutely i completely agree with that because i hear someone well my mama would never do that and my daddy would never do that i'm not your mom or your dad so (laughs) (sighs) that's just such a lazy mentality that's lazy so lazy like, have you even peeped into your parents' trauma and or the things, Ooh. why they do the things that they do? So if you have, if you're not their fucking therapist, then shut the fuck up because you don't <laughs> know why they're doing what they're doing. What the fuck? People yeah. say the dumbest shit. People like, say the dumbest thing. Well, my father did. I'm, and I'm 
daddy's girl like be clear but i never did like oh my 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 father you know, <laughs> that he voice. did this and why he you did sound that. like a and runaway daddy... stop it <laughs> <laughs> oh why you put on a southern accent that's so much shade <laughs> I'm sorry. I live in Florida. I'm sorry. I'm sure people do it up north too. I'm sure. But I live down here, so I have to, you know, try my best to do a southern accent. (laughs) But yeah, it's constant, you know. And I think another thing is I probably did the I probably was projecting when I did that because a lot of the times when I hear that, it's always it's not always people from down here, but of You're course I live down here. here. And yeah, yeah, and, so, and things are way more traditional. Like I know, yeah, way pretty much everybody that I know that like is in Philly or New York, they've already cr- like went through the time period of their life where they live with a significant other. I haven't yet, but I think that's due to my parents, number one, and number two, being a product of my environment. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen down here, but it doesn't, it definitely doesn't happen as often as it does up there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. No question. It's like every, literally every friend I have has either lived with a significant other already or all or 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 is currently doing it because the cost I of living. I never did that. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking hard to live with them. Mm-hmm. Got a boyfriend. Let's make a community. Let's get together because right. Shit, but right. um, I agree. Like it's just figure it out on your own. like figure it out for individualized. A lot of motherfuckers be like, "Ooh, they wish the teacher would have gave them an individualized education." Ooh, you should have taught me a certain way, right? So individualize your relationship. If you want, <laughs> if you want certain things to be individualized for you, if you want people to look at your significant differences, then do the same thing for your relationship. Just individualize it. But I think I also think another thing is it too, is that you can kind of tell sometime when a married couple just didn't have certain conversations before they got married. You could just kind of yep. tell based off of the the attitudes, the the reactions of things. It's like you can kind of tell certain conversations weren't had. Or Like I know before I get married, I really want to do some type of counseling, a pre-marriage counseling before I get married. I know that's something I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. Because I'm not going to say we're going to come in the marriage pure or anything like that because that's not the aim. But I really do want us to come into the marriage in the best form of ourselves. No question. I think that's good. And anyone of a sound mind is okay with that and willing, even if they got traumas and everyone got traumas. Yeah. But someone who's really wants to evolve with you will definitely do that. So I just think like individualize it (laughs) yes got to got to so the last section is divorce and i'm pretty much going to this is going to be an open discussion because we we all know um that divorce rates have increased a lot with no question and this has constantly been a a topic of conversation for at least the past decade Mm-hmm. So, um, um, our think piece conversation <laughs> um, <laughs> is two questions. So, one question, we'll do one at a time. Why do you think it was less divorce uh, back then versus now? 
Why do you think that is? Because people were, most of them, a lot of times people were together um, based on economic reasons, mm-hmm. based on tradition. A lot, there wasn't necessarily an idea of if someone's treating you wrong, leave. Or if you're not happy with it, leave. Because people did not really examine their emotional fucking states often because everything a lot of things were in survival it doesn't matter necessarily what race you came from that was a fact like you were mm-hmm. if, if your survival was business and your husband was gone all the time working and he was fucking sleeping with the bitches um at <laughs> the office and saying he working late yeah. um and you were at home fucking cooking and cleaning taking care of the kids you were based on survival too. Shit, look at Pose. Look at that example of that man who was sleeping with a trans, um, trans woman and having sex with his goddamn wife at the same time. She was trying to survive. She said she gonna give her some motherfucking time to go back to school and get her money right so she could leave him. That's survival. A lot yeah. of women were with men because they that was the only way out of their little rinky-dink-ass town. Like, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, the times were so fucking different. So people are staying together for not for love all the time. A lot of times for survival, for socioeconomic status, for fucking, uh, what is it called? Like, I'm used to this, so I'm going to stay. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of people had, uh, what, Stockholm Syndrome. It's so many things. It was, it was just so many things that I felt like people didn't examine in their personal lives. And they just, it was the norm, so they just let it happen. So people stay. People what? It, it, we we glorify the past. We glorify it like, oh, they said my grandparents stayed together so long. Meanwhile, you got fucking your mama got fucking uh, ten other siblings Hello. because somebody done went out and cheated. And now you talking about they stay together? Who the fuck finna stay with somebody after they done been sleeping out on them that many goddamn times? I'm sorry, Hello. it just don't make no sense. So. Let's not glorify them and think that they stay together because of some morally correct or some ooh super hyper commitment things. Mm-hmm. Come on, like no. Nah. And some and, and some of them did. Some, some of them, of them did, but did. most of them. Did. <laughs> I think for me, um, mine is more critique on the millennial side. I think we. I think as far as millennials, we have romanticized marriage so much that when once we get to a hard spot you want a divorce or you're done with the situation and I'm not even talking about things that are non-negotiables like Mm -hmm. stealing infidelity where no I'm not talking about that but I'm talking about when a relationship has hit a certain point um let's say economically Mm -hmm. let's say let's say mentally if you're and and ju- I'm just being realistic, like if you're gonna spend, I'm 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 entertaining the idea and I'm thinking of the idea of marriage more and what it means to me. You're gonna have some patches in the marriage where it's gonna be pretty dead. Yep. Because this is a commitment that you've made to someone for the rest of your life. So if you think it's always gonna be dandelions and instagram posts and trips and all that that's not true you have to love that person at a high point 
and at their low. Someone could your your spouse could be going through depression and don't want to get up out of bed. These are real things. Mm-hmm. Someone could lose their job. Someone can go bankrupt and their business is all messed up. Like so many things you have to take into consideration and you have really have to sit with yourself and be like, can I stand by that? And have those honest conversations with your partner because it's not all it's not all it's not all fruits and giggles. It's really not. Yeah. And that's where you really have to decide if you because with marriage it's for better or worse. A lot of people don't take that literally, but it is literal when you make the commitment is you're saying for better or for worse. So if you really can't do for better or for worse, is it is marriage designed for you? Yeah. So for me, I know like of course with relationships there's a life death life cycle and it keeps repeating like you were talking about. So I'm down for that, but also I recognize when something has ran its course. So that's why I am not necessarily into and a lot of men, millennials feel this way. I'm not into the um contractual agreement of marriage mm-hmm. because it's 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 forcing you into a fixed contract. And I saw this tweet or something like that, just like um, like any type of licenses or commitments you get, you have to renew those contracts. I feel like relationships and marriage, well, marriages should be the same. Like exactly. after a certain period, I need to be able to renew this. And we feel like we want to part ways. Like that is such a fucking simple mm-hmm. concept. Why is it not? Why is it not here today? Because marriage is rooted in fucking Christian Christian values. And if you are married, you have to realize your values or whatever religion because a lot of the religions have these same values so if you're not a religious person and you say you're spiritual and you get married like your marriage is rooted in religion based facts or ideals yeah so how can you really how can you really commit to that idea if you're if you believe in evolution and if you believe in um the cycle of or things were in this course and mm-hmm. because that happens like sometimes like people always say there's a season for everything and it's it's for people too some people you are meant to be with for a certain amount of time and you're supposed to go separate ways you've learned all that you can learn from them you've done all that you can do with them and now it's time for you to move on a soul doesn't spend its whole time in one space and one plane souls travel in my opinion so I feel that you cannot, if you are saying that you are a certain type of person, you're spiritual, or if you have certain ideals, you really have to question, is the traditional contractual marriage for me? Because if it is, honey, you got to uh, really stick to that. I feel like you should really be sticking to the death do us part. Like, yeah. that's the contract. Yeah, that is and the if contract. Not, then there's no, if not, if if it is, there's divorce. If not, um, no, if it is, there's no divorce. And if not, there's a such thing as renewal of the contract. So the only way I'm going to get married is if I can renew my contract. And we both decide if it's beneficial for both of us. But I think millennials, we have, we, there, there's a nucleus of us who feel that, feel the way that I'm talking about. And then there's also a nucleus who just, who has no fucking, uh, bearings when it comes to dealing with, uh, situations and relationships so mm-hmm. you got both of those sides so I don't know I just feel like you gotta once again individualize <laughs> yeah like you 
even if you do the contractual agreement um in your spiritual I push that's why I, in the last episode I was pushing for um prenuptial agreements and there should even be a renewal a uh, time period of that where you revise or you look at things so like I say in a marriage you you grow different things assets increase or decrease so you have to make your adjust your adjustments as you know time goes on and I do believe that I do believe in I don't know sometimes I don't know I shadow defense between uh those contractual agreements I, mm. I definitely agree and understand what you were saying, Tay. Like, I get it. But I also think about the through sickness and, and through health and certain things you can't really stray away from because on paper you're not the spouse. So when it comes to certain, you know, life or death situations when your loved one is in the hospital, it's certain things you just can't even override, you know, when it comes to are you a sp- are you the spouse? Yeah, because it's a stupid spouse? system put in place. Yeah, it's like it is. It's like in my opinion, I feel like you can I, you can go around it, but then it's like you kind of can't because you have things like that into place. So mm-hmm. even if you're spiritual you kind of have to go, and you want to be married, you kind of have to go forth with those type of things, because even if you say, hey, I want to do it my own way, there are so many loopholes that, or there's so many yep. ways that that stops you from going your own way. And I'm all for going mm-hmm. your own way. Don't get it, mad. I'm for it. But I do research as well on both sides, and I do see mm-hmm. how they do kind of play the game with, oh, you know, well, the wife, are you the wife? Are you the husband? Because if you're the husband, you're able to do X, Y, and Z. And if you're the wife, you're able to do X, Y, and Z. So I, I straddle the fence. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked. Because if you, if you don't want to live a certain lifestyle, it's just like social security cards, birth certificates. Like if you don't want to be a part of a certain traditional lifestyle, you still are forced to have these certain things. You got to have them because the system is built on these things. So yeah, you want to, you want to, of course, you want to live your alternative, alternative lifestyle, but the, the main or the um, dominant, the dominant uh, culture and establishment forced you to comply with this established system. So it's, it sucks um, because of a, a lot of people are just past these worldly institutions of how things should be, in, but they still kind of have to, they, a lot of them have to go off the grid, child, and just uh, live in a way that is good for them because some of these things just don't make sense for everybody. I'm not saying it don't make sense at it all, it just doesn't You're make right. sense for everybody. So I just, I just know, I just think like, the question. Uh, what was the original thing? Shit. Um, yeah, the original. Do you think it was less divorce back then versus now? Uh, I remember. Yeah, I just think there's so many factors for not, us now. Millennials, we know more. Um, millennials are not just young, like are not just our age. Millennials is a it's a it's a age range. 
you got your younger millennials and you got your older millennials. So it's a range of ages. So I do feel like people just automatically tag this just free spirited, um, uh, no ties, no commitment case. type of thing nope. on millennials. And that's not true because it's a range of ages. Um, maybe Generation Z or I don't know, but not necessarily millennials. Like, so I feel like let's not play the generation game. Let's just realize that people are evolving and people are recognizing the fucking hindrances of these different government established uh, systems. So we have to start. It is never going to change. That system is never going to change yeah. until people force it to You're change. You're absolutely right. Um, and then the last question I have to wrap this up. What um, experiences are grounds for divorce for you? Mm-hmm. No question. Definitely cheating. No question. Um, definitely um, mm-hmm. any type of abuse. Uh, the lack of love. Like there's no more love. There's no more like. If I don't feel the need to be around you, then no. And then lastly, I think, and I don't know because I haven't been married yet, but stagnancy, that's a big one. Like if we just are stuck in a certain spot and we're neither one of us are moving forward, we just linear, that's a, just a clear indication mm-hmm. that we don't need to be together. <laughs> and I've seen it with so many of the examples of relationships and marriages that I've seen people staying stuck Ooh. in the same spot for 20 years and then they arguing about the same shit they argued about oh, 10 shit. years ago it's just like you if yeah you married and you said to death do you part but you don't really you're not committing to making the yeah. shit better so why stay mm. so I know for me um, one of them Actually, it's, it's pretty much everything you said, but I know one of one for me that's a standout is stealing. Like, yeah, stealing like my stealing property, property, or let's say you let's say you forged my name to do like you People forged do my that. name on something. Like, I, for me, that's grounds of divorce because mm. it's like, yo, if you able to do that, who knows what else you're able to do? Um, that's that's the Lord, yeah, Jesus like, and that Christ. happens. That happens. Um, I think anything that I feel like would taint our trust and we can never really get it back would be grounds for mm-hmm. divorce. Because if I can't, if I got to sleep one eye open mm-hmm. with you, it's no point in us still being married. Like if if we, even if we talked through it and we did counseling and we did everything we were supposed to do and I still can't shake that, it's out of, I would have to let, like, I would eventually have to let you go. Now, it would take a lot for that to happen because, mm-hmm. honestly, when it comes to relationships, mm-hmm. I give a lot of grace. I'm very patient because I know I'm with another human being. But that, I, I can't even give an example because I can't think of one at the top of my head. But, or I, mm, mm-hmm. I could think of one. Like, let's say you had a child in the marriage while we were married and you never told me about it and I just found out. Like, something like that that Mm. I feel like would be life-changing because that's not, oh, I got a dog or, oh, I bought a car. It's like, you have a whole other human being on this earth 
and you didn't have the decency to let your spouse know. Divorce. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. No, because who, who <laughs> else? Man, I'm my mind be all over the place. I'll be, I'll be thinking you lied about everything. It's no mm-hmm. turn. Anything exactly. for me that I feel mm-hmm. like it's no turning back. It has, a divorce has to happen. But the thing with me is it's, yeah. it's not a lot on that list. So you would have to really cut me deep for it to ever get to that point. Yeah. Because I fight for my relationship. Absolutely. Like, I really, really do. So mm-hmm. it would, and I know when I get married, it's going to be, it's going to be even more intense as far as how much I love that person, yeah. how much I'm willing to give, how much I'm willing to sacrifice for our family. All of these things are going to come into play. Yeah, yeah because this is the person so, you chose. Like, you ain't chose just like, oh, I want to get married today. Mm-hmm. No, it's like you're a soulmate potentially. Like, this is the person you feel the most connected to out of everyone. So, absolutely. Gotcha. You got to fight for that shit relentlessly. Okay. That yeah. was very good. That was very good. So, we are going to um, recently, uh, one of our fellow Wildcats, Marcus Allen, has passed away. Um, the details have not been clear, but he is definitely someone that I've had a personal relationship with throughout college and was extremely close to. And I just want us to um, just want to pay my respects to him. He was a great person. Yes, we joked a lot. And um, I always always made him feel bad because he uh, wouldn't be cleaning up <laughs> by himself. So we would get into it all the time like in a joking manner and we were just like we had a great banter um, even lived with him at one point so it was a person he was near and dear and I just want to um, recognize him rest in peace, rest in heaven, wow. rest in rest paradise in Marcus. You will be missed. Yes. And of course, um, to the great Black Mamba, we want to mm-hmm. recognize Kobe Bryant and his daughter, yes. Gianna, right? I think Gianna. Um, you know, I, I feel that they're, we don't understand this. And I'm not going to say God don't make mistakes, but I am going to say there is purpose. So um, shout, uh, let's really just um, focus on the healing of the families and allow them to heal and um, recognize and celebrate the life of him. And I see a lot of that going on online, and I really think that's amazing. But let's not get into the conspiracy and let's not get into the negativity. Let's allow this parent, this family, to really be filled with the love and admiration that people feel about those two um, individuals who are now our angels. So rest in peace, rest in heaven, rest in paradise as well to Kobe. Huge emphasis on that, Gianna. man. Let people grieve. Let Like this just happened. <clears throat> this just happened and it was unexpected. Well, I know when my line sister texted me about it, I didn't even know. I thought I didn't think she was joking, but I'm like, maybe she, maybe her inf- her information is incorrect. And I Googled it, found out it was true. Like, let people mm-hmm. kind of mourn and, and sit in what's going on. I'm I'm tired. Some of the things I'm seeing on Twitter is very ignorant. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's not the time. I think people really, that should be the theme for, like, this decade. This Social is media not has warped time. people's ideas. Y'all have to learn things. it's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. I'm seeing too much 
of everything yeah. but uh, observance of someone that is no longer <clears throat> here that made a big impact in NBA. Period. No question. Let's celebrate the man's life and, and you don't speak on nobody else's nothing yeah. but the celebrate his life. That's it. Like, learn what to say. Like, this generation really has to fucking learn. So, once again, all in all, we really our prayers go out to the families and condolences. Um, families of Marcus Allen and the families of Kobe Bryant and Gianna, we really, we really uh, want to bring some positive energy towards you all so yeah we wanted to do that and now let's go straight into our muse yes our muse segment um the theme is music and production so it's um basically 10 Mm. instrumentals that you could use while working running a meeting working i'm not gonna say work out because i'm not really working out but I know when I run errands, I'm starting to get out of the idea of just putting my phone on shuffle. Because sometimes certain songs, I just don't have a vibe for. I definitely have a vibe for um, when I'm working, listening to instrumentals. Sometimes I don't want to hear someone singing or Mm -hmm. rapping or, you know, humming. I just want to hear straight beats. And that's it. it. It keeps me concentrated it keeps me focused on what on whatever task that I'm doing. So that's why I created um, a playlist for it. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I'm ready to listen. So thank you guys um, for listening this week. We kind of got a long episode. So hopefully if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening to us. We'll be back with you in the next two weeks. Thank you once again. Bye-bye. And bye. <laughs>